Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you stuff you should know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com, available now exclusively on iTunes. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Aloha! All right. I <laughs> wasn't expecting that. No, you weren't. All right. Well, so so why the aloha? No reason. Okay. Just like to change it up every now and then. All right. And multicultural kind of guy. I, I figured you were thinking of pineapples. No, I think I'll end this with mahalo. <laughs> I think Mr. Calacanis will have a word to say about that. Why don't we move on to our topic? All right. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about uh, communications. Yes. Actually, long distance. Maybe uh, Maybe somebody will be saying aloha and mahalo to you. Yeah, perhaps some roaming. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about uh, cellular communications. Um, we've had a lot of uh, emails come in about, you know, discussing things like the 2G network, the 3G network, the uh, the the eagerly awaited 4G network, uh, kind of to sort of 
demystify these terms, kind of explain what they mean and uh, why you should be concerned about what kind of phone you have or if you should be concerned. Um, and some I know, of this, I'm concerned. Yeah. Some of this came from uh, just from the, the last year's release of the iPhone 3G, which caused a lot of confusion among, uh, I would say, lay people who aren't really familiar with the whole 2G, 3G thing in the first place, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's really not all that surprising when you think about it, because Apple, for a while there, um, was releasing new generations of IBM's PowerPC processors, and they'd have, they had the G3 and the G4 Max, right? Right. So, uh, so, you know, it makes sense that people would be a little surprised. Um, you know, I, I actually had somebody write in and say, hey, that's a picture of the, uh, 3G iPhone, not the second generation iPhone. Well, the second generation, <laughs> second generation iPhone. Is the is the three G because it's not three G it's G three right or wait it's G two right G two so yeah all right so here's where this whole confusion see even we get confused it happens to the best of us ow Um, yeah so yeah the second generation iPhone is a three G phone and that's because the three G does not refer to the phone's generation but rather the the technology the cellular technology that phone communicates across right. Right. And as a matter of fact, people are wondering what there are rumors right now swirling about the next generation iPhone. And they're wondering what to call it because it won't be the 3G G3 iPhone. Right. That would just be silly. And then they're calling it the G4. And they went, well, it's not really the fourth generation iPhone. Why don't we just call it Steve? Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll Steve just call would it, like that. We'll just call it the jobs. <laughs> so um, so here currently in the United States, we're kind of in a transitionary period where we're going from a 2G network and into a 3G network. Um, 3G coverage in the United States is is much better than it was this time last year. Uh, but it's still it's still one of those things that's growing um, city by city. And not every carrier has a 3G network. Um, this, this is technology. I mean, it, it's stuff that, you know, hardware and software, uh, have to be in place for these networks to work. And not all the carriers are, uh, are up to speed on that, at least not in the United States. Now, granted, in other parts of the world, they've had 3G for a while now. And, uh, and there are certain parts of the United States where they've had it for a while, like San Francisco. <laughs> that, you know, who'd have thunk it? But, uh, other places just got it, like, within the last, 12 months or so. Right, right. Now, so the, the, the different generations, you can kind of divide them up by, uh, two different things. The, um, the technology G they use to transmit signals, uh, through the cellular network and the speed through, uh, that those signals, um, uh, have, you know, so like a 2G phone is going to transmit data and, uh, uh, calls at a lower speed than a 3G phone in general. Right. But it depends on the it depends on the technology too. It depends on the technology, it depends on it actually depends on a lot of things. So we have to talk in a lot of generalities here. But uh let's let's break it down first. Like I was going to talk about 2G. Uh there there are two predominant technologies in the 2G networks. Um most of the world uses GSM, which is a uh uh it's based off a time division multiple access technology or, or TDMA. Right. 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 So like Europe, Africa, Asia, a lot of these places, they are using GSM. But in the good old US of A, we decided to uh, kind of adopt another technology. Um, and and some of the carriers are still using that. And that's called Code Division Multiple Access Technology or CDMA. That's right. 
Actually, uh, if you're wondering where GSM came, came from, it's actually from a, a French uh, acronym, the uh, Confederation of European Posts and Telecommunications, founded the Groupe Spatiale Mobile in 1982. And yes, that's 1982. That's, you know, 27 years ago. Right. And they're the ones who, who basically developed the standard known as GSM, and the, the acronym comes from them. Now, for us rat-speaking folks, as not and folks. by that I mean those who speak English or American, if you prefer. Yeah. Um, GSM, we usually just go ahead and, and knock that out into Global System for Mobile Communications. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. So it's not the, the, the true origin of the acronym, but hey, that's how we Americans like to do things. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Well, so anyway, the, these two different technologies, they, they transmit, uh, information across, uh, radio signals in different ways. And because of that, they're not, Automatically compatible with one another. In fact, they're, they're incompatible. So if you have a GSM phone, you can't necessarily switch to a CDMA network. So if you don't have any GSM coverage in the area you're in, you're kind of stuck. And that was one of the big problems with the U.S. for a really long time was that a lot of the rural areas had, uh, CDMA coverage, but not GSM coverage. Right. So if you started driving across the United States, you would find big patches of areas where you had no service. Um, since then, there have been some systems put in where you can use one phone over another f- a carrier's network, but you usually end up having to uh, pay some pretty big roaming charges, um, at least until fairly recently. A lot of the phone carriers now have realized that that tends to drive customers away, and so they've they've taken that into account. But yeah, in, in, in this case, it's still a matter of uh, GSM phones using other GSM networks and CDMA phones using other CDMA networks. That's right. Um, and if you're wondering sort of in a, in a broad uh, path which camp your provider falls into, um, if you're using Verizon Wireless or Sprint Nextel, um, those are CDMA. Right. And uh, T-Mobile and AT&T are using GSM. Yes. Um, you can also find out if you, uh, if you are blindfolded and, and, or, you know, somebody had rubbed off all the, uh, the markings from your phone and they're not going to do that. That's why they uh, subsidize your phone. They put their brand all over it. Right. Um, but say you had to look at the back of a phone that didn't have a brand and go, hmm, how would I find out which one this is? If you were to take the battery out and look underneath, if it's got a SIM card, that's a GSM that's a GSM phone. phone. GSM? GSM phone. Yeah. The nice thing about GSM phones is that if you, if you have multiple SIM cards and you have a different SIM card for every, you know, cell phone carrier, you can switch those out and then you're not even roaming anymore. Like if you move from one carrier's GSM network into another and you happen to have a SIM card for that carrier, you can switch them out and you're, you're, you're just fine. Um, there's still some problems if you are traveling overseas because they, they transmit cellular, uh, information on different frequencies. So if your phone does not is not capable of transmitting in the same frequencies as the the carrier around you uses, you're still out of luck. It's just not going to be able to communicate with the network. That's uh that's what you see when you're looking at uh phone specs. You're looking for a new phone and you see uh tri band or quad band. Um that's what they're talking about or if you see the the phrase world phones. Right. That's basically what it's talking about. Uh for GSM there are actually four uh, frequencies that I'm aware of that yeah. are used in different places around the world. Um, and the more frequencies you use, I mean, they're still using GSM, 
but you know you may or may not find a signal. And if you're using CDM- CDMA, you're going to have a much more difficult time finding a signal. Yeah, especially yeah traveling uh, abroad because like like we said, CDMA is one of those technologies that really got a foothold in the United States and pretty much everywhere else adopted GSM. You may wonder why that is. It's because a lot of the European countries, uh, the governments of those countries mandated a specific technology. And in the U.S., that's generally considered kind of uh, anti-competitive. And so the U.S. takes a laissez-faire approach and they decide not to uh, – they say, well, you know, we're not going to mandate which one is used – which sounds good, except for the it, it ends up being kind of con- confusing for the consumer. Uh, to make matters even more confusing, you may have seen CDMA or GSM under uh, other code names like EVDO and Edge. Well, those refer to the uh, the different kinds of technology, and they're actually different forms of three G. Right. Um, Edge is one of them. That's probably well known. Um, I think the first place I saw it was when they were ta- starting to talk about the uh, 3G iPhone, and they were saying, "Well, it'll be compatible with the Edge network." Um, they talked about. I remember reading articles about how uh, T-Mobile wasn't even on Edge yet, and uh, that was one of the things with the uh, uh, the G1. You may have heard of this. This phone from HTC uses the Google Android operating system. I'm somewhat familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they that was one of the things uh, you know that they they did. But um, yeah, EVDO and Edge are you know next well theoretically next generation technologies. Yeah, some might say 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of three, because uh, here's the other thing is that when we're talking about these technologies, uh, there are organizations that are in place to try and standardize these technologies as best they can. But you're still talking about a range of capabilities. Um, and so it gets kind of confusing. You know, you start seeing things like the 2G speeds sort of bleed into the lower end of the 3G speeds. Uh, so then you might say, okay, well, this is really a 2.5G phone or a 2.75G phone because it's faster than a 2G phone, but it's not as fast as what 3G is supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely does not make life easier, you know, to yeah. understand all this stuff. Right. Well, I mean – just to put some numbers behind it, uh, Edge, which is um, the Enhanced Data GSM Environment, uh, will give you speeds of up to 384 kilobits per second, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's on the road to what a lot of people are calling the true 3G, which is uh, Universal Mobile Telecommunication Service, or UMTS. Right. Or as I like to call it, UMTS. Yes, and, UMTS. Uh, <laughs> and that's two megabits per second. So, um, you know, that's that's... About one and a half times faster. Actually, no, wait, never mind. <laughs> it's like four times faster. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fast compared, comparatively speaking. Right. And, and you, we should also go ahead and point out that these these really high end speeds, they tend to be ideals. You know, you don't. It's very rare that you're going to actually encounter that on your own phone. Right. Um, especially if you're moving. Uh, if you are in motion, then you are going to experience slower speeds, no matter which network you are, and you're not going to have the ideal um, speed. And some of them you'll see, like, in lab tests, they achieve speeds of blah, blah, blah to blah, blah, blah. That's because they're sitting still in a lab chair and not driving across town when you're having a conversation with a friend. And Exactly. It's in uh, under ideal circumstances, which uh, I don't know about you, but I am rarely in what I would consider ideal circumstances. 
Right. Unless I happen to be in Hawaii, in which case I often do think I'm in ideal circumstances. <laughs> uh, the other, the other 3G technology besides the UMTS is a CDMA 2000. Actually, there are more than just the two, but those are the two main ones. And again, this is another generation of the CDMA technology, which we can expect to see because the United States doesn't hold, you know, doesn't let go of stuff that easily. I mean, do you remember when we tried to switch to metric? We're still actually we sort of gave up on it. Yeah, we totally we? gave up on it because, yeah, same sort of thing I think is going to happen here is that people who have who have this technology are not going to give up on it anytime soon. Uh, but um, I did read that AT and of course, I read this at AT&T's website. So take it. Take this. However Your mileage you like. may vary. Some restrictions apply. But AT&T said that their 3G speeds range from 3.6 to 7.2 megabits per second in the labs. Mm. And they expect that by the end of 2009, they'll have it up to 20 megabits per second. <laughs> that's pretty fast. And, um, I oh, don't know. Oh, that's not fast. <laughs> no, not compared to 4G. Yes. <laughs> Is that where you were going right I was there? going, but I'll, I, we, we need to finish 3G. I think we're pretty much done. I mean, we could talk about, I guess next would be uh, long-term evolution, right? Yes, which this is, is where we're getting into the 4G stuff. Yeah, that's long-term evolution or LTE, LTE. is uh, the 4G network. Yeah. And uh, speaking of your your reluctance to abandon technologies, it's kind of funny because uh, the people who are moving to LTE are actually um, sort of a hodgepodge of different people who are in different technologies now. Um, AT&T and Verizon, one of them is GSM, the other is CDMA. Uh, both of them are saying that they'll have, uh, LTE networks in place, um, by 2010. Right. Uh, well, and I'm saying when they say networks, I'm thinking maybe not with a capital N network. Yeah, maybe like uh, New York, San places. Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're usually in scaled rollouts. So, yeah. well, I mean, Hey, let's, let's play a cell phone tycoon for a minute. You know, you have, you've built out this infrastructure that goes across the country, more or less, and then you have to go update all that stuff, and you only have a limited budget, you know, you're gonna hit the big places first, where lots and lots and lots of people are, um, and then move it out from there. So, the thing is, though, that LTE will actually hit, um, 100 megabits downstream and 30 upstream. Um, it actually uses a form of TCP IP, which is, uh, the protocol over which the internet travels. Right. And, uh, it's going to be a lot more like using an internet network than cell phones use now. Right. So it'll be a lot more familiar as far, I mean, the technologies are actually sort of, and to use Jonathan's favorite word, converging. Yes. It, it'll, it'll look more like a Wi-Fi setup than a cellular setup, although it's not using Wi-Fi. I mean, that would, that would be a nightmare to do that because you would drop calls every time you walked 15 feet. No, well, that, that's true. But, uh, you know, it's, it's Verizon and AT&T moving toward LTE and not another famous name, which is embracing a competing technology that we're all familiar with that will never be rolled out, in my opinion. WiMAX. And WiMAX. And Sprint. Sprint is a big fan. They're, they're teamed up with Clearwire. I actually admire the technology and well, I hope they roll it out. Didn't but- they talk about this back in 2004? Something along those lines. Yeah. So uh, WiMAX. Yeah, that's that's supposed to be the, one of those last mile solution problem uh, things where you, you 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 say how can we deliver uh, internet connectivity to that last mile, uh, the last mile to the customer uh, wirelessly. So it's kind of like it's it's using a wireless technology that um, uh, some people call it Wi-Fi on steroids, but that's not really accurate. Um, it uses a completely different kind of protocol than Wi-Fi. Uh, there are a certain number of 
uh, open spots, let's say. Let's let, let's just kind of – I'm going to use an example, kind of a concrete example. Just imagine this to kind of get an idea of how WiMAX works. Think of a round building that has 40 doors, 40 doorways. And as long as one of those doorways is open, you can get into that – get in and out of that building and get – whatever information you need in and out of that building. That's kind of the way WiMAX works. Once you hit a certain number of, uh, of folks hitting that, that WiMAX server or actually tower, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. you got to go somewhere else. Right. So, um, but theoretically you could serve information at incredible speeds to the people that you are allowing into the, that particular service. I'm kind of with Paulette here. I don't know that we're ever going to see this because we've been promised it forever. I know there's certain cities that are, are rolling out WiMAX networks, but. Hello, Portland. Yeah. It's, um, it was supposed to be everywhere by now and it just, it hasn't arrived yet. Um, I think this goes back to the, it's really expensive to roll out expensive brand new technology to everywhere. Yeah. Putting out a new infrastructure, whether you're talking about yeah. communications or transportation or, you know, fuel or whatever, anytime you're talking about rolling out a new infrastructure, that's expensive. Cause first of all, you got to figure out how you're going to incorporate it into the existing infrastructure. And then you got to build the darn thing and you got to troubleshoot it and you got to make sure it works and you got to bring it online. And I mean, it's, it's a big, big deal. It's not like, you know, you flip a switch and suddenly everyone's on 4G now. Um, I had read a, a report that said that, uh, that currently the expectation for widespread, uh, adoption of LTE in the U.S. will, will, take uh at least until 2012. So um that would it would surprise me if we got there by 2012 considering how long it took us to get to 3G. Uh but I mean, let's hope springs eternal. I mean the recession kind of also plays another true nasty card into this whole thing. Companies are suddenly worried more about staying in business than they are about innovating. So true. we'll have to see how that goes. Um I did hear that if you're stationary and you're using a, a top-of-the-line 4G network, mm-hmm. you could expect up to one gigabit per second. Wow! Eventually, which that's, is that's, that's a lot of data. That's really really fast. That's true, and that's the that's the point at which you're going to start seeing, uh, I think, internet convergence. Right. Versus, you know, now you have DSL and cable, but at those speeds, those you know, that's beating out. DSL and cable connections now. Yeah. Even, even the fiber optic connections are slower than that. And I've talked a lot about like netbooks converging with, uh, smartphones. I think at those speeds, you could really see that happen because suddenly cloud computing becomes a really, uh, distinct possibility. You know, you don't connect to a Wi-Fi network. You connect to a 4G network. You're going to have much faster speeds than you would with Wi-Fi. Yep. So. Uh, at that point, cloud computing becomes really, really attractive because you, as long as you have that guaranteed high speed connection, you can take advantage of it. Yep. That sounds good. I have nothing else about cellular phone networks. Do Nor you? do I. I oh, don't. Oh, thank goodness. Because you know what that means. Oh, no. Right. It's, I can yeah. try and invent something real quick. Nope. Sorry. It's oh, time no. for Listener Mail. Today's Listener Mail comes from Simon. Simon says, hey, guys. Hi, Simon. I was very intrigued by the podcast on expensive cables, although without much proof, I've always maintained that they are probably nothing but a big scam, at least if you have an average entertainment system and non-bionic ears. Yeah, mine haven't come in the mail yet. 
I do have a couple of comments on the study with coat hangers. As you say, it's only five people, so obviously not too scientific. But it seems to me that if two out of five could tell the difference, that might be a little bit more than just coincidence. Secondly, the fact that a coat hanger may produce the same quality of monster cables can be explained by the fact that it's made of a very thick wire, possibly capable of transmitting more information. I just did air quotes because he put quotes around that. So, in that sense, a coat hanger and a monster cable may be better than regular cables. I love the podcast. Please keep up the great work. Thanks, Simon. Great, Really appreciate that. Um, I agree with you. Uh, uh, a sample size of five is not scientific at all. Uh, you can't call that scientific. It was really more of an experiment, like in the very loosest sense of the word, not in the scientific sense. Um, as for as for uh, a, a a thick wire carrying more information, uh, you know, yeah, heavier gauge wire is capable of carrying a, a higher charge. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but it also keep in mind that the the coat hangers had no shielding, so there was nothing to shield it from any interference. Which is another one of the claims that high end cable uh, uh, manufacturers will make. They'll say this, these cables have a lot of shielding on them, and therefore the signal will be pure, and you will you won't lose anything from the source to the destination. Yeah, that's true. And um, of course, the the point is that uh, not that monster cables are complete and utter fraud. They're actually very good cables. It's just that uh, most people say, well, lesser cables can handle the same treatment or are are as good in certain circumstances. Right. So you know, it's not a complete right. You know, you're not it's, wasting your money. It's just you're maybe you could probably spend less money. Yeah, you could you could probably spend less money quality. and get the the experience that you really want. Yeah. Um, you know, unless the experience you really want is to feel your wallet get lighter, in which case, Monster's the way to go, baby. Yeah, I mean, if brand recognition is good for you, then yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it is a good quality product. Yeah. All right, well, now that we've managed to weasel out of that one, <laughs> I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, remember, if you have any comments or suggestions or corrections, anything along those lines, you can send it to us, techstuff at howstuffworks.com. We have blogs up. You can go to HowStuffWorks.com and you will see the the listing of the blogs on the right-hand side. Please come and visit. Definitely leave comments. Uh, Chris and I both interact on those blogs. So if you have a burning desire to say, hey, I love your podcast, and by the way, you misspelled blah, 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 you can do that. And then we will hang our heads in shame. I never misspell blah, blah, blah. And uh, neither do I, actually. But, you know, you can you Other can words, give it a yes. shot. Yes. So please come to HowStuffWorks.com. Check out some of the articles there. We have plenty on cel- cellular, cellular phones. Boy, I, I got all the way through until the end. Cellular phones and uh, and other subjects as well. And we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.